You are listening to CJSW 90.9 FM, broadcasting out of Calgary, Alberta at the University of Calgary, at the University of Calgary campus radio station located on Treaty 7 land. I would like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional territories of the people of the Treaty 7 region in southern Alberta. The city of Calgary is also home to Métis Nation of Alberta, District 5 and 6. District 5 and 6. Disclaimer. The following program features language not suitable for all audiences, and the expressed opinions found within this program are a reflection of those who feature on the Pop Culture Effect podcast. Welcome to the Pop Culture Effect. I'm Rockin' Rob, and on this show, I bring my closest friends together to talk about all of the news happening in our podcast pop culture world around us what's up everyone welcome to the pop culture effect got a trio today i'm gonna talk about a few things some good movies talking about some games and some other things that are gonna be getting some awards uh today got a trio today uh got menace here with me Oh yeah, and got Gemini with me. Hello. I am. I feel like I'm going to be like the drama guy. I'm just gonna the get what? known as the drama guy because I always, <laughs> I always somehow find one topic. There's always drama going on. I hate it. <laughs> Nothing wrong but, about that. But people need to know. Gotta give so us. So there can be awareness spread. Gotta give us the spicy details. Exactly. Oh, I got some spice this week. But yeah, so uh, no subset today, and Robbie's off again, leaving us behind. But anyway, let's get things started off. Get into the anime verse a little bit, and some of the stuff that's going on with Jujutsu Kaisen Menace. You want to take over for that? Uh, like I, I hate it. I hate that it's going so bad behind the scenes because it's going so good on the screen. Those of you that don't know, I, I keep up with Jujutsu Kaisen weekly whenever the new episode comes out i am there watching it and it has been escalating in hype and in content but i feel like the quality is dipping and i was this is this gotta be why so this has been going on for a few weeks now mappa studios is at it again folks those of you that don't know mappa studios is an anime studio they've done things like attack on titan uh they do jujutsu kaisen and those, those are like their two biggest titles but they are they've had constant they have this, for some reason, just forgetful thing where, okay, so I should should preface this as Mappa Studios was part of Funimation uh-huh. and they left because of bad work conditions, bad pay for their animators and writers, and they left to make a better studio. And since then, they have been the one that have had the bad work conditions and the bad pay for their animators and writers and the bad, uh, just the bad press. And it oh. turns out that since then, since the people from that made MAPPA left, apparently Funimation has actually gotten their shit together. So it makes me so sad. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny a little bit. A little bit, but it's also terrible. So this has started three weeks ago. This started about like three weeks ago. And it started on Twitter with uh, animators coming out uh, and they would tweet about like, here's here's some of them. Uh, I'm seriously deflated. None of this is fun anymore. I can't stand it. I'm not I'm not going to give any names just for, for the people. Because even since, since people started posting on Twitter, MAPPA made their animators and stuff sign uh, a non-disclosure agreement. They have, uh, MAPPA made 
the Jujutsu Kaisen staff sign a confidentiality contract so that they do not express complaints about the production. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, and even even some of the people have tweeted since then said, I have nothing to lose, so if you're going to sue me for complaining, I'll take it. Ooh. Yeah, but some of these people posted like, I'm seriously deflated, nothing's fun anymore. Ukubu Shunsuki, the director of episode 12 for Jujutsu Kaisen season 2, sent an image of one of the main protagonists of a different anime, an anime that is about making anime, trying to himself while looking visibly tired. The character in question is an animator in the story show. Like, even even directors and stuff are going out of their way and, like, posting stuff and showing stuff. Yikes. But there have been allegations of bad work conditions, overworking crunch time, MAPPA withholding pay or having negotiations about pay to where they're not getting paid on time or as much as they should be. And all, while all this is coming out, they're still getting praise. MAPPA them is getting praised. Not the animators, but MAPPA is getting praised for the, the quality of these episodes. How good the animation is. How good the, the story for the show is going. It's become one of the... It has become the top anime. It has had the top manga for years now. But nobody is actually seeing up until up until just recently. Nobody has been seeing how much these animators have been putting into it and how much these like the actual studio heads have just been shitting on them. Interesting. But it is it has been insane to where people are saying that they're quitting. Um, one of the the actual show show directors has said that what we're seeing on screen is only 30% of the vision that they wanted to put into the animation. There's talks about how they're going to not even be able to finish the current arc that they're in. Like we're in the middle of one of the biggest arcs in the series. And there's talk about that like they're barely even making it episode to episode. There was a tweet that came out. It was last week and it was the day before that the episode episode 17 came out and they said that they didn't have it done. That like he tweeted out that as of as of tweeting this episode 17 isn't even done. Oh, that's they're uh, literally that's they're kind literally of running ep- Yeah, they're running episode to episode at this point and I'm surprised that last week's episode even made it out. Wow. But you can tell that the animator even even if they are getting over they are still putting everything that they've got into the animation and the voice acting. They've even changed some of the stuff up that, you know, some people obviously didn't like it. They've changed some of the positioning of the some of the scenes that were big in the in the manga. People didn't like it. And then they, they redid some scenes one for one with the manga and they didn't and people didn't like it. But you're always gonna have that. But they've also changed up stuff in the in the voice acting. Like uh I know I don't know if you guys have seen this on TikTok, but there's a whole scene with uh one of the characters Nanami, blonde guy, hair slicked back, and mm-hmm. it caused the internet to blow up for this man and everybody was sipping over him. Is he the one with like the circle glasses? He, yes. Yes. Ah, he's the man yeah. in the suit. Is he German? He looks German. No, he's he's Japanese. He's uh he looks like that because he in the show, he left the jujitsu world and became a businessman and then he came back later. So he's got like he's got that aesthetic of like okay. this business dude. But they changed up his acting in that scene or his voice acting in that scene. The voice actor said, I want to change it up on how you said you want to write it. I want to make Nanami sound more aggressive in that scene. And that you could tell in that scene that he's just, he is completely pissed because he found, he finally found the guy that was taking out the, their little helpers. Like they're the communication people that they have around where everything is going down. Mm-hmm. And you can just totally tell. And that, I think that that's what made the scene so powerful. And that's why it blew up so much on the internet. You know, besides the, the, the man himself, but like you, they have these things that are going well for them. Why, why always comes to why is why you addict to people why why you gotta do this to the people that are act, like keeping your show afloat essentially that's that's my main gripe with it huh. it's like it's another like we've had on the show m- 
many, many times. It's another company stiff arming the bottom man or the middleman just so they can get get content out faster or or not have to pay them as much or not have to make their working conditions as well as they need. And I don't know. We've we've seen it. We've talked about it in games. We've talked about it in movies. We've talking. We're talking about it in shows right now. And I think it's just it's something that has permeated every form of media, and it it definitely just needs to stop. It's definitely reached its boiling point. Yeah, that's that's all I really got on it. I was trying to find the tweet. I've been trying to find the tweets, the original tweets, for like uh like half the week now, and I they have disappeared off of Twitter. I'm guessing that the signing of the NDA caused them to either delete it or they just have disappeared into the ether that is the internet. Menace here, and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. But with that somber news out of the way, I'm actually interested in the the this new sim game. What what is this uh, Inzoi uh, trend? Inzoi is a Korean life simulator that is being developed by Krafton, which is known for um, PUBG, which, you know, I was kind of surprised considering PUBG is on the completely different spectrum, like opposite side of the spectrum of games when it comes to this. So. Yeah, definitely yeah. a whole nother ballpark. When they said that it was like this life simulator and I saw that you sent the, the article, saw the pictures from playing PUBG, I was like, this there's no, I said, there's there's no way that this is the same developer because well, of how, how crisp the models look. Well, that's probably because this is on Unreal Engine 5. I have no idea uh, what PUBG is on, but this is on e- UE5. Oh, that's fair. I have watched a couple videos of this, which normally I tend to avoid that stuff, but because it's a life sim, not it's probably not going to have a story because that's the whole point of a life simulator. You make the story. So I was like, you know what? I'll actually watch it this time. Um, And it's interesting. The little people are called Zoys in this, which, you know, makes sense. It's called Inzoi. You know, they can't go with like Sims because that's been copywritten to hell and back since 2000. So they can't use that. And it takes place in a, I don't know if they have a name for their world. If they did, if they do, I don't remember it because again, I've just watched like um, videos from YouTubers and streamers who have managed, who, uh, where they, Crafton has given them like an early access code to play it. But a lot of people have stated that the city or world that you're in looks a lot like Seoul, which makes sense. This is from a Korean developer and the game looks very beautiful. It is extremely crisp and realistic, actually. I'm kind of concerned about how it's going to run, but I mean, the streamer I watched it, she was able to play it at pretty decently and she mostly plays like Sims 2 and Sims 3, which Sims 3 runs shit on any game and she manages to make it look good, but that's probably because she has her game like hacked and, you know, modded to hell to make it run perfectly. But uh, the footage I've seen, it's really cute. And there are a few hiccups, which one, the game isn't fully out yet. I don't even think they have a, yeah, they don't have a full release date just next year because it's still in a really early build of the game. But for how early the build is, it does look very nice. The Zoe creator is apparently very in-depth to where like you can, you know, change the face, uh, change the body, the hair, the clothes, everything. Um, And if I recall, I think one of the major complaints currently with the Zoe creator is um, your choices uh, for uh, creating Zoys that are people of color are a little lacking. But again, it's still in the early build. But uh, apparently when you play the game, you know, you can play it normally. And they also have built-in filters, which are really nice for if you want to take screenshots. Because that's another thing that people, uh, myself included, I don't do it as much. So where like you can take a screenshot of like, say your Zoy is having a very cute moment with their family and you want to take a picture, make it look pretty. It's already built into the game rather than having to take it into Photoshop. 
Photoshop and touch it up, which is very nice. Or downloading um, in-game filters uh, for like reshade and everything to make the game look nice. Uh, apparently, the concept behind the game is the player takes role of an intern at a company where their job is to manage the lives of a neighborhood full of Zoi. And there is a cat in the trailer that is apparently the company boss. I didn't actually know that. That's really cute because when you look up pictures and stuff about Inzoi, there's, you know, the little Zoi I'm assuming you'll take control of. And then um, there's like this fluffy cat. It's so cute. <laughs> um, oh, oh, I see it. Yeah, it's this fluffy cat and it's so cute. And um, I'm regardless, I am just excited to see more simulation games starting to pop up to be a competitor against EA because that is what's been happening with EA. They know they are the king, the ruling figurehead of the sim of the life simulation games for a long time now. So they know they don't have to try anymore. They're the only one, they're the only good one of substance in their field. So they know that the people who play these games, because I am part, I am stuck in this glue trap <laughs> where they know we will eat up whatever they pump out. It doesn't matter how shit it is. We'll still eat it up because, you know, we have an addiction and we need help. <laughs> anyway, I'm very excited to see these new life sims that are popping up that actually, that aren't scams because that did happen for a short time a couple years ago where trailers of life simulation games to be possible competitors would pop up. I think one of them was like the people of Newberry or something that came out as like a um, trailer a couple years ago and it got people excited for a moment, but then they found out that it was just like a random trailer that someone made and it was a scam. Yeah. Um, so I am very happy that there are a lot of companies now coming out to make really nice looking simulation games. And I do like how this one is, it's definitely, it's more of a, this one's a photorealistic one, which that's really going to appeal to as a, the Sims community calls them the alpha community where they like their games to look very realistic. They like their Sims to look nearly photorealistic. I think they're kind of creepy. It gives me like uncanny valley feeling because I don't like the look. I don't like when I see Sims that have like realistic hair and like a full on real full face of makeup. And I'm like, that's weird. Your toddler has a beat face of makeup and looks real. Looks like a full on supermodel. This is creepy. Anyway, that's besides the point. I know that I feel Inzoi is really gonna take control. Like it's gonna really grip the hearts of those of like those people. And I mean, I myself, I'm not a big fan of like the alpha side as it's called, but I still, I will probably give this a try because I have a severe crippling addiction. Please help me. <laughs> it looks um, cool. It looks like you can like, you can have the normal like where you're above them floating god mode kind of thing. Oh, and yeah, you can no. actually like follow and control them individually too. Yeah. So the stream that I watched of this where the girl played it, um, she made her Zoi and she controlled it. And the one interesting thing is how you can control them because yeah, you do have where you can kind of like zip around the city and kind of look and see what's going on. But you can also then go back to the camera to control and follow your Zoi. But another interesting thing is, and they did this with the console versions of Sims 2, I believe, where you can actually control where your Zoi goes. Originally, it, normally it's point and click. That's how the Sims is. But within Zoi, you can use the WASD keys to actually control where they go with this. And I I actually really like that because I miss that feature from PS2 Sims 2. I really liked how you could do that. It just, I don't know, it hit something in me and I'm sad that they never really did that for any of the Sims games. Gives you so, more of that like actual feel like you're you're in control of this character. Yeah, versus just like pointing and clicking and micromanaging, which, you know, is fine. But I like how you can actually take control of where they go and everything. And I think that is really cool. But there is mm -hmm. also, again, the traditional aspect of you follow them, the where the camera follows them and you just point and click and tell them where to go. Or you can like, you know, click and say, hey, go cook a meal and like queue up all these things and you can zip 
the camera around to see what's going on in the city. Um, so of course you can do that. Um, because it is a life sim, there are the life sim aspects of your Zoe can have a job, which from what it's, from how that one thing said, I don't know if the Zoe you control is this like intern at the company or if that's just you, the player, and the, and you can like control other Zoys. I'm not too sure with that aspect, but you know, you can have friends, you can make friends, you can have relationships, you can have relationships beyond friendship, um, and you can build a family and everything. I think one of the biggest complaints I did see from the streamer who played it is the family aspect where it seems it's a little out of touch where you have the kid, uh, the cutscene that plays is really cute. You're like in a hospital and you're like cradling the baby. It is really cute. Mm -hmm. um, but then the like baby just gets plonked into your house and you really don't interact with it. And it's just there. Until it grows up and leaves. Pretty much. And it just grows up and it, it's just there. So I think that was one big complaint. But again, they probably haven't implemented much to the children. They probably just made them. And then they were like, good enough. We'll fit. We'll, we'll get to that later, which is fair. They got other things they got to worry about. Apparently they're if also having... If you can't having... sleep with death, it's not a good game. That's true. But this is meant to be extremely realistic. So your Enzoi will probably just bleh, just die. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's not going to be like the Grim Reaper coming up and like, I like how... It, <laughs> hitting you, know, you up for people. drinks. Yeah, you no. Died. Yeah, no, I think they'll probably just like pass away and all that. I, they don't, they haven't shown like what happens, obviously, but it's probably not going to be as like goofy in The Sims where like Grim appears and, you know, he either does something or you can like plead with death. I do like how in the older games, sometimes you could like, you play a game, I think in like the console version, you had to like beat him at a fiddle game. That was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, in the console Sims 2, if you wanted to like, no, I don't think you could like, so I think you, if you were a ghost, you could fiddle with death to try and like revive yourself. That was really interesting. But yeah, they have shown a little bit. They've given um, some content creators like early builds to play with. And a lot of the people who have gotten these early builds have so far really liked it. So I am very excited to play in Zoi. Apparently there is director mode as well where you can change the neighborhood. So that's interesting being able to like change the neighborhood. I probably won't do much of that though because I am very bad at building. I'll, I will just make my little Zoi and have fun doing little Zoe things. I'm kind of excited that it's like kind of set in a South Korean world because I don't really know much about Korea. So it's going to be pretty cool. And I'm just probably going to live vicariously through the fact that, oh yeah, this is probably the closest I'll ever get to visiting South Korea. <laughs> but there currently isn't any um, release date for Crafton's project in Zoe just 2024. They don't even, they haven't even really stated what other platforms it's going to be on so far. It's just on PC. Considering PUBG's success, with everything and how it ha is on multiple platforms, it's possible it might get a next-gen console release, but I I don't know due to the fact of just how intense the graphics look. It's hard to say. We'll I, see in the future. I'm I, not sure I, if consoles are going to be able to handle that at a decent frame rate, at least. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it like I said, if it would, it would be next-gen, but I highly doubt it. It's not. The Switch is not seeing this game at all. The Switch is not seeing this. I honestly feel like this is going to be PC for a while until um, consoles can catch up to being able to probably run this very powerful form of Unreal Engine 5. Uh, consoles can get past 60 FPS. Yeah, or they might do something
something to the graphics to where they'll manage to be able to make it like uh they'll probably maybe like chop it down a bit to where it can run i don't know i if they do it's hard to say because that's kind of what ea did with the sims 4 they just took the game and ported it without changing much of it and apparently it runs like shit on console gemini here and you're listening to the pop culture effect on cjsw but yeah that's inzoi i'm very excited for it because i have a crippling addiction blaze what is your opinion on marvels moving from a sim game to what is this a movie yeah. game <laughs> movie. yeah so marvels is the newest well, marvel movie <laughs> but uh this one came out came out on the same day as the loki season two finale which kind of stole the spotlight from this movie because of how well the ending of loki was yeah so the marvels is this movie is following this one is uh, called the marvels but it's a sequel to Captain Marvel while also being a sequel movie adaptation for uh, Ms. Marvel Kamala Khan um, being in the movies for once and then another one that was in a show going into a movie uh, Monica Rambeau um, is in this movie as well after being in WandaVision yeah at the end of that show you really start to see Monica Rambeau start to get her powers and now you get to see them utilized in this movie but it follows the three of them Miss Marvel Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau's character who they make kind of a running gag throughout the movie that she doesn't want a code name but in the comics I believe her name is called Photon if I'm remembering correctly yeah Photon but it follows the three of them as they're trying to stop this new leader of the Kree from using their powers to destroy other planets to fix their own after the Kree fell from stuff that Captain Marvel did after the events of the first movie. Yeah, because at the end of the first movie, Captain Marvel says to the Supreme Intelligence who is in charge of the Kree that she was coming for them afterwards. Oh, yeah. But don't want to spoil too much. One fun thing that happens throughout the movie that I think they did pretty well when she actually made it kind of interesting and fun to watch in some parts is all three of the main heroes in this movie, all their powers are connected through how they work and the events that happen in the movie ends up latching their abilities together to where whenever some of them use their abilities at the same time, they switch places with each other. Even while they're like in different parts of the universe, if one of them, if two of them are using their powers at the same time, they would switch places from where they were, which implements some very funny things that happen into it. But uh, the movie is unfortunately getting a lot of flag. A lot of people are saying this movie is really bad. I can see where some of the flaws in it are, but I think the movie isn't that bad and I think people are just hating on it to hate on it but because reviewers of T- Rotten Tomato the tomato meter gave it a 61% which is kind of low for a Marvel movie but the audience score is actually giving an 83% so a lot of inconsistency between reviewers and actual audiences and on if this movie is going to be good or not this movie essentially changes how the multiverse is looked at from like it's different even from Loki how Loki views the multiverse yeah and speaking of that definitely watch the end credits of this pretty big end credit scene that happens at the end of this movie that a lot of people probably get really hyped for but uh i think one of the things that people didn't like too much about this movie is nick fury samuel jackson plays an amazing nick fury but with how they have him be nick fury in all these films and shows that he's in for marvel his personality goes back and forth 
Yeah, it I, goes, I heard about that too. It's kind of similar to like the Thor movies with uh, Chris Hemsworth going back and forth between serious Thor and jokey Thor in the later films. It's kind of like that with Nick Fury where in some of the stuff like Secret Invasion, yes, he's still snarky, but he's very serious in a lot of it and really holds everything at the edge of a knife where with the Marvels, he's cracking a lot of jokes. He's kind of laid back. He's not as serious as he is in some of the other stuff he's done as Nick Fury. Yeah, from what I've heard, even one of the like one of the not big heads, but someone someone in in Marvel was uh, he reviewed a movie and he's like, is this a variant of <laughs> Nick Fury or is this like this has got to be a variant, right? This can't right. be the the guy we just saw in Secret Invasion. Right. Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely feels different. But nothing against Samuel Jackson because he still acts it great. It's just some of the writing done and how they wanted him to portray him kind of feels. Oh, it's been the writing for most of the most of the newer Marvel stuff. That's been the big thing that's put it off. Speaking of that, Marvel's actually taking a huge step back and there's been talks about them dropping the whole King story to focus on other stuff because they've put too much out in Marvel to where it's so all over the place right now and it doesn't feel like a cognitive story anymore. It just feels like a jumbled mess of everything. I, I get that feeling from watching all these, especially when Disney Plus launched, that is the, I feel like that's the thing that took it over the edge. I mean, to be fair, some of the stuff is good, like Loki, Secret Invasion. Oh yeah, I'm just saying like, they, they oversaturated and kind of gave themselves too much to where everything feels disconjointed. It, that kind of just comes down to the quantity over quality type thing that was going on for a while with them. Oh, they yeah. tried to put out a lot, but the quality wasn't there. They're really trying to take a step back now to make sure the quality is there over how much is coming out. I feel like it's one of the main things that they need to do right now. Mm -hmm. But I thought the movie was all right. I'd say give it a shot. You'll probably end up enjoying it. I, I, I think it did pretty well. And depending on how box so, office goes, we'll see from here. And if we'll get more Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and Monica Rambeau as Photon once they how many, finally say her uh, name. How many lightning bolts out of 10 would you give? It? <laughs> uh, I'd give it, I'd give it about a seven. Seven? Seven. I'd, I'd give it a strong seven. That's fair. Probably watch it again once it's on Disney Plus, but probably wouldn't watch it any other times after that unless I was trying to introduce someone to it. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. But that's pretty much all we have. Uh, though, Robbie, if you can hear me in the editor's room, you're not getting out. But if there's anything you want to add into this episode, please feel free to do so since you're editing for us. Thank you very kindly. Thank you, Blaze, for that lovely intro as I am still trapped in the depths of the editing realm trying to figure out exactly how to escape and get back onto uh, our regular mortal coil but until then I've got quite a bit that I want to talk about of new trailers new releases for a lot of stuff across media and uh, the first thing I want to talk about is actually something that I wanted to talk about a few weeks ago however with the game awards and everything that was going on with that I didn't feel it was appropriate to put it in it, it felt like it was sort of a clash when it came to content but this is gonna be the first thing I talk about because I just feel it's very important so recently Rebecca Sugar had an interview on Variety and their webpage and I just like to talk about the few things that she spoke on firstly she spoke about what it took to actually write Steven Universe in the time period that they were in as as LGBTQ especially when it came to Garnet's 
wedding. There was a lot of work and effort that was put into Steven Universe as a whole, and I, for one, am really glad that we got to see it in all of its glory. I just wish we would get more expanse on the universe, which I will get into later. Secondly, she spoke on the fact that there were actually more gems that she wanted to include in the story, particularly with the off colors, with her having two well-defined characters being two quartzes named Flint and Chert. And there was also a ruby who wore lemon hancers, and their character was going to be a ruby who wanted to be a different gem from a ruby. And honestly, this just gives me really big hope that we'll eventually see a Lars and the off colors with its expanded roster as a side series traveling through space and fighting the gems that hold on to that era two mindset and mentality. Also in this interview, she spoke on the potential of a fusion between Lapis and Peridot. Unfortunately, we will not be seeing this anytime soon as Rebecca Sugar did explain that due to Lapis's trauma when it comes to fusion and Peridot's cultural background with Homeworld, it just didn't make sense for them to fuse and in fact, she described it as neither of them see a real reason or purpose to fuse. So unfortunate, but you know, there's always the fan artists that will draw up and I think there's one YouTube channel I want to shout out because they actually made a video looking at the possibility of a Lapis and Peridot fusion. Princely on YouTube, they do a lot of great comic dubs for Steven Universe and I hope they continue to make great content. Finally, she spoke on the possibility of future Steven Universe projects and potential spin-offs, saying that if there's a demand that she'd love to bring it to life because she just loves all the characters and the world that she has been able to create and all she wants to do is expand on it. Now, as we go into the rapid fire section of this, I just want to rattle off all of the things that have been coming out recently, whether it be trailers or full season releases. If you want to check out the full Rebecca Sugar interview, all of the information and a more expanded look on Rebecca Sugar's interview with Variety can be found on their webpage, so feel free to go check it out to get the full scope of what she was talking about. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. Moving on to the rapid fire section of this monsoon of media, I'm just going to rattle off all of the recent stuff that has been coming out, whether it be full seasons or trailers. Firstly, we got The Boys with their season four trailer, which looks to be pretty interesting, especially with how season three ended. Also, we got Halo season two that fully came out. I personally did not watch the Halo show, but I am just glad that we're seeing more video game representation that is actually not total trash. Twisted Metal season two, which was announced by AEW star Samoa Joe. We've got Invincible, who've recently taken their season two mid-season break. I can tell from first experience, I am really excited to see where they take the show beyond because I am such a big fan of the comics. A season two of Fiona and Cake has been greenlit, and uh, which was recently confirmed on Cartoon Network's Twitter. And I know this next one is some pretty old news, but I just want to shout it out. South Park is fully available in Canada with Paramount+. Plus. I'm assuming they're not going to include episodes like Cartoon Wars or, you know, the other band episodes. But yeah, continuing on, Rick and Morty has been well deep into their season seven with their new voice actors. And I just want to say I have enjoyed it thoroughly. I definitely can tell that during some vocal performances, you can tell that there is a very distinct difference in their voice patterns. But all in all, I thought both of their performances were very good. And I'm very excited to see where they go into season 8, 9, 10, and you know, 100 years, 100 years, Rick and Morty. Before I get into the nitty gritty of what's been going on on Netflix, I just want to talk about one series that originally was on Netflix, however, got canceled, Final Space. And the creator, Olin Rogers, has been giving updates on his YouTube channel about a potential graphic novel that will cap 
cap off the series and finally give it a finale that it is so deserving of. I personally love Final Space and I'm looking forward to this graphic novel and I may even pick it up to be honest. Speaking of graphic novels, if I'm going to give some time to talk about Final Space, I feel it is only right to give some time to the Book of Bill. Now for you Gravity Falls fans, the Oregon Park Department Twitter recently came back online, which is a Twitter run by Gravity Falls showrunner Alex Hirsch, and they started posting cryptic tweets, and this eventually led to the reveal of something they call the Book of Bill. This is going to be a fully written and illustrated hardcover book by our beloved triangular interdimensional demon, Bill Cipher. This book goes over the full backstory and history of Bill Cipher, including his origin, his plan for world domination, other interesting factoids, including never-before-seen Lost Journal 3 pages, and this will probably ver- and this will probably contain some very graphic material as it is listed as an adult book. I say probably, though, because when this book comes out, I will be able to see firsthand what the contents of this book have. The cover looks absolutely incredible. Incredible, and I'm sure this book will be a nice cap to the Gravity Falls mythos since with them releasing the three mystery logbooks and now we finally get the Bill Cipher logbook. Hopefully he doesn't try to uh, make a deal with me and invade my mind because then all reality will crumble away. Or, you know, maybe another weird Mageddon will happen. And as we look towards the big heavy hitters that Netflix are going to be either already releasing or going to be releasing, we got Netflix Scott Pilgrim Takes Off, which I've heard a lot of great things about. I love the art style. We got Netflix Avatar The Last Airbender. They got a trailer. And finally, we get an Avatar live action that isn't butchered. Thank you, M. Night Shyamalan. One final thing that will be coming to Netflix, which actually came as an announcement during the process of me recording and, and which came as an announcement as I am recording and editing this episode, Squid Game will finally see its season two. So that'll be exciting as we all know how popular the first season of Squid Game became. And as we head over to Amazon, Has Been Hotel has finally got their trailer and it's, and it's going to be coming out January. January of next year, I know Menace is excited for that, and the Garfield movie got their trailer featuring Chris Pratt, and I don't really care about the Garfield IP or Chris Pratt, if I'm gonna be honest. Kung Fu Panda 4 got their trailer, and from what it looks like, I they definitely filled out the cast. I think the villain looks has a great concept, the sorceress, where she's able to fully copy the abilities of the people that she absorbs energy from, and I think it's gonna be a great concept. I've always loved Jack Black in the Kung Fu Panda movie, so here's to potentially a great fourth film, but hopefully they actually end the series. Speaking of series that should really end, we got a Ted prequel show will take place in John's childhood as they go through the rigmarole of going through school life. And as we move on to the Marvel section, I just want to take a quick moment to list off all the stuff that Marvel is pumping out because we actually have two avenues that we're going through. First is Sony's Marvel Takeover, which is going to include Madame Web, which is going to be really cool because they have shown off an evil Spider-Man, which looks really cool. It gives me kind of a vibe of the Black Spider of DC Comics. If you know that one scene from the animated show, it looks great. It was as if Peter was a snarky asshole and I loved it. We also get Kraven, we get Venom 3, and 
and we have Across the Spider-Verse coming out. And as we look towards the MCU's Marvel projects, we got the X-Men 97 cartoon, we got the X-Men's inclusion in the MCU via the Marvels, and this will most likely lead into Deadpool 3. We got Agatha Coven of Darkness, which I loved her character in WandaVision, but I hope they, but I hope they give this show a different feel and hopefully a different perspective on magic than with Wanda and Doctor Strange. And we've got a Blade movie in the works, which I know there's been some controversies, but hopefully it gets put out properly. And finally, we got What If Season 2 and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur Season 2 coming out soon. So those are going to be really great. I'm really excited for What If Season 2, but I'm also a fan of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, so we'll see what happens there. And as we look towards DC Comics, Justice League Crisis on Infinite Earths, the first of their three-parters is going to be coming out, and I am very excited for how they're going to represent the comic story. And obviously, we can't talk about movie trailers and not talk about the fact that there's going to be a Mean Girls reboot, which I just, I cannot believe we're living in a day where we have to deal with Mean Girls as a movie. And as we look towards the YouTube aspect of things, Goku vs. Superman happened again on Death Battle, and this has got to be the greatest Death Battle that they have ever made. The animation was incredible. It, it was an incredible battle with incredible moments. They even had a look into the other multiverse versions of how this battle would go, but unfortunately, it's this, it's gonna be the same battle. Superman's always gonna win because he has no limits, and Goku will always be trying to break through those limits. The result never changes, but I will say that the animation was definitely worth it, which is gonna lead into their Galactus versus Unicron season finale, which is obviously going to be insane. If it is pixel art, I will riot. And you know, if we're talking about amazing animation and art, I wanna take a quick second to shout out a content creator by the name of Breeman2000. Basically, he takes favorite nostalgic shows and movies and makes black and white sketched drawings of them taking very dark turns to a series of Gru continuously trying to save the Gorals or the Lorax fighting in a war. It's just very creative and intriguing art design, and I hope they're able to continuously make the great content that they are known for. Since we're talking about content creators, I feel it's only right that I make one final mention, and that is for the Facebook page Anime Fun. They post a variety of Dragon Ball content from clips of licensed IP from Dragon Ball Super and Heroes to fan-made original Dragon Ball animations. They've got some incredible animations, some new characters that they've created, like Goku fighting an ancestor Saiyan, new fights with existing characters like Vegeta versus Beerus, and new character designs from old characters like an aged-up Oob. There's just a lot to appreciate on their page, and I know it's not necessarily a current event or news, but I feel since I am already giving credit to some interesting artistic content creators that I found online, I feel like this one would be one to mention. And finally, to end this off, I want to take some time to talk about wrestling, because CM Punk has worked for both WWE and AEW in the same year. CM Punk is back in the company that fired him on his wedding day, and also, taking a look at outside of the WWE AEW sphere, Impact Wrestling will be regaining their original moniker of TNA as they look towards the new year in January. It'll be interesting to see if they keep their original style and presentation, or if they try something new. And they will be working with Endeavor, who is actually the new partner of TKO, which is the which is the conglomerate of WWE and UFC. With AEW and their Continental Classic and also Ring of Honor, and you've got WWE working under Endeavor with TNA seemingly joining, it's a very interesting time to be a wrestling fan. And as if there was anything else I could tag on to the end of this, there was a, another story that I had thought about that I genuinely just wanted to talk about because it really means a lot to me, and that has to do with the Coyote versus Acme movie. 
Now, to those of you listening who may know about it, this movie was fully completed, and it was then killed by Warner Brothers, and uh, as a tax break, kind of similar to what they did to the Batgirl movie, and with so much backlash from the studio, from those that worked at the on the movie, and to the fans that have really wanted to see another Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner special movie, anything, anything that we can get our hands on, because I know I personally love the concept of Coyote and Roadrunner. I love their whole history. Ed Ake actually has a wonderful video where he goes over it. Anyways, the cancellation of this movie has caused so much backlash that Warner Brothers has submitted a statement that said they were willing to allow the film to shop to other distributors. So hopefully this movie can actually be made and we can enjoy it for all that it is worth because I, for one, would love to watch that movie, to have it be a whole hour experience and to really get back, especially with the other Looney Tunes movie that was canceled where it was going to be Bye Bye Bunny, a Looney Tunes musical. I am just so excited to see Looney Tunes in 2023. I'm excited to see so much more from their catalog. They have so many characters to give and to show off. We don't talk about the Space Jam 2 movie, Looney Tunes 1. Same thing with Jumanji. We stick with the original. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about sequels. We don't talk about what comes after. We talk about what's what the, the amazing thing that we have in front of us, which is just nostalgia, which is honestly what media has come to. And just as I was ready to pack up my recording equipment to fully dedicate myself to editing, all of a sudden I realize that the Wonka movie is out already, which I didn't even think of, honestly. Which I will most likely be watching at some point to give a more further in-depth analysis. However, I do just want to say I love the artistic choices that they chose, especially when it came to their representation in the trailer. I'm sure Timothy Charlemagne will do a wonderful job as this movie hits theaters, and I, for one, am definitely going to watch it when it comes out on streaming. But I'd also like to put in a small note. I apologize for all the differing audio ranges, and there was just so many extra things that came out and that were revealed and were released that I just couldn't help but continuously think to add extra little tidbits. However, that is all that I have to talk about when it comes to our media monsoon. Thank you so much, Blaze, and I will give it back to them to take us into our outro. We'll make sure to send some food in, but you're not getting out. We made a slot for him. It's fine. <laughs> we can give him Subset's McRib. <laughs> oh, oh no. I don't think Subset so will like that. Be, subset may break down the door. Don't do that. <laughs> there. Then we'll lock them both in there. It's fine. There'll be a way out for him. God damn it. But Actually, wait, no, because then they'll... Make a plan. <laughs> but, Scheme. But anyway, that is all we have for you guys today. Thank you for those listening on CJSW for our shenanigans. Thank you those who watched us on YouTube or those who want to watch us on YouTube. Pop Culture Effect. Please uh, like, comment, and subscribe for more content from us if you like what we're doing. Thank you, YouTube, for joining me. Thanks, Menace. Oh, yeah. And make sure to go check out the other shows that they got on the CJSW website. Yes, definitely check them out as well, everyone there does a great job and want everyone to get the content they need to be viewed and thanks Gemini. A pleasure as always. And see y'all later. Bye! Bye Bye-bye! Heyo! Subset here and you're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW.